Welcome to the Addiction and Mental Health Podcast, where we discuss hard but important topics surrounding addiction and mental health. Your hosts are writer and blogger Adam Falk, jazz pianist Michael Palma, and writer and mental health advocate Samantha Mineral. We're not healthcare professionals, and none of this should be taken as medical advice. Instead, we're sharing our personal stories and insights around these tough issues. Let's dive in. So today we're talking about how to choose a therapist, right? Yeah. Okay. What, like, and what makes like a good therapist too? Because I feel like people have this idea that you just kind of, it's like a one and done sort of experience where if it doesn't work with your first try with the first therapist, then all of them are going to be like that too. Right, right. Yeah, no, I think that's such a good point because I run, I see that all the time with friends and sponsees where they're like, I had one bad, and I think this is across the board when it comes to mental health, is they have one bad experience with one, whether it was you know their perception of the experience or an actual bad experience, which, it, which then it's hard to even say because you know, they're already dealing with mental health issues. So they're like, this person is the, you know, the authority here. Am I, them acting this way must be my fault, right? And I already have a low self opinion of myself and low self-esteem. So it must be my fault they treat me this way or something like that. So, you know, tr- having one bad experience can put them off completely from choosing a therapist. So it's like that first, it's so critical for someone who's never done this before to be educated, I think, so that they don't get just totally put off and the processes can be horrible. Trying to just trying to get in and find a therapist can be, can take weeks, it can take months, you know, and then you meet someone and, you know, they, you get a bad vibe and that's it. You never go to therapy again. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, also there's, there's, uh, the aversion to going to therapy that is still that is still very um, prevalent, I'd say. Right. And I think that therapy uh, gets a bad bad rap from uh, people that haven't tried it. Don't think don't think right. very highly of the chances of being it being successful because mm-hmm. they think, oh, it's just someone that's going to sit there with a notepad and say, uh-huh, yes, okay, and not really interact with them. And I feel like some people may avoid therapy too because they feel like there's never a resolution with most therapists. I think they get the idea that, oh, my problems are just going to be uh, stretched out over a period of time. A lot of people think um, this therapist is just out to make money. The longer I stay sick, the more jobs you know the more money yeah. he or she makes right. so i mean and i think that plays in into what we're talking about as far as finding a good one the right one and and what that looks like yeah, yeah. definitely oh go ahead I, I think too on top of just like the the willingness and the maybe the the fear around going to therapy um there's a lot of barriers to getting one. I mean, if you don't have health care insurance or even if you do it, it can be really expensive, whether you're paying out of pocket or you're paying co-pays. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, you know, sometimes it's hard to find a really good specialized therapist for a very specific thing that maybe you're going through. 
um, a lot of people of color tend to, uh, from what I've heard in my, in my personal experiences, they would prefer someone of color um, to be their therapist as mm. well. And so when you have an imbalance of like this, there's like a huge demand for that kind of work. And there's still like all these barriers to getting access to everyone. Um, and, you know, it's it's a privilege to be able to go to therapy. Um, and I think we forget that sometimes. But if you're able to go and if you are able to afford it and you can find someone that you connect with, it really is worth it. Um, and it's really helpful and it keeps you accountable for things that even your friends and family can't necessarily do in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, for me coming at it from a standpoint of being someone in recovery from addiction is I sort of get this free therapy, right, from my sponsor in a way. And and you'll hear in, in meetings, people will say stuff like your sponsor is not your therapist, but they really are in a lot of ways. You share deep, dark secrets with them. You know, you talk to them about stuff that you're angry about, stuff that you're afraid of. You know, you talk about all kinds of struggles with them. They just give you a different solution maybe than a therapist might or might not. And so then you tell someone like that who already has this resource, now you got to pay 50 to $100 a week, you know, to go see someone who where you don't know what kind of results you're going to see or when you're going to see them. And it's kind of like, well, you know, and so I think you do see a lot of dismissive, dismissiveness among people, at least in the recovery community of therapy in general, which is sad because so many people there need it more than anyone else, you know, because there's it's so there's so many co-occurring disorders there. So I think that, you know, it's like, how do I how do I choose one? Well, we have to back up a step and talk about how do we even convince someone to choose one in the first place? Like you said, there are all these barriers and money is the huge one. You know, I think money, money has been a barrier to me for therapy for sure with insurance. You know, if they're charging 50 bucks a pop, which is not cheap by itself. And they're like, come two times a week. It's like, well, dude, you know, that's, that's what 400 bucks a month, you know, just out of pocket, you know, that, that I'm never going to recoup, you know, hoping that this works. I mean, right. two, that's a lot of money. 200 bucks a month is a lot of money. So, you know, expecting someone to, who's never gotten therapy before to go in there and spend this money, and then the therapist says, well, I just want to get to know you on the first, you know, there. <laughs> you know, it's like, I paid 50 bucks to get to know this guy? You know, screw that. I wonder um, if it's any different outside of the U.S. because we have such a strange healthcare system. Mm -hmm. Access to therapy and, and those resources, if they're any better. I know there's a lot of nonprofit organizations um, outside of the U.S. that do a lot of mental health work. So I wonder if it's, I, I'm curious to know if, is it easier to access that kind of resource um, outside of the U.S. because we have such a crazy healthcare system. Crazy again, such a complicated healthcare system. Um, yeah, we're never going to get that language out of our language. <laughs> we're gonna, uh, I still call things crazy, no matter what. <laughs> but I'm at least more aware of it. Like I, oh, I yeah. even if I say it, you know, I still kind of I pick up on it a lot more um, after our conversation. Um, so what? 
do you mind if I ask? Like, yeah. how, how did you guys find your therapist and when did you start? You know, what, what was your process and your journey like? Oh, well, I can, I mean, I can kind of speak to that. I've gone through um, a, a good amount, you know, of, of therapists over the years, over the past 15 years. Um, um, I haven't always stuck with it. And my experience has not always been where I felt like it was effective as far as the uh, relationship in general. Like I didn't feel necessarily open all the time. But I do know that when I started seeking help for specific things, then I feel like it kind of started to come together because I finally was like, uh, addressing like codependent behaviors, for instance, like I, I shopped around for like a person, a therapist that was specialized in that sex and love addiction, that kind of stuff. And so they had specific expertise and that I had, I've had good ex, uh, experiences, uh, with, with that kind of that type of thing. Currently, I am seeing a chemical dependency counselor, and there is a lot of rapport there and, and has been for a couple of years. That's great. So currently, I have a very, very good experience with, uh, you know, a, a licensed chemical dependency counselor at the moment. And how did you come across that particular counselor? Like, did you do personal research? Did you use like psychology today, which is like a huge database of like verified therapists. A lot of time I've used that in the past as well. I mean, the way that i I came across mine was just a, a drug, drug rehabilitation, uh, a center, you know, a rehab that's, uh, not too far, uh, kind of in the Dallas area. And I've known about them for a long time. Um, well, you know, won't necessarily say which one it is. I mean, Adam and I, that's pretty much Adam and I used to take meetings in there together and stuff. And so it's somebody on the staff there. So that's how I, you know, I, I had an issue of, that was very, very serious. And so I had to do something about it. And so that's what forced me and right. You know, that's how it happened. If I didn't, if I didn't have this problem that was causing all these difficulties in my life, then mm -hmm. it would have never propelled me to this counselor at all. Was, so that's, did you have like friends and family who encouraged you to go or was it like always something that you, it came you first that you decided you wanted to do regardless of, you know, what you were told? I think, um, I kind of got over the stigma of therapy probably when I was like 20 or so I'm 35 now. So um, maybe before then I was asked, you know, suggested to go to therapy and I kind of blew it off, but anytime family after that point would suggest therapy, I mean, I would, I would agree, you know, I would say, yeah, therapy is mm -hmm. really good. And, mm -hmm. um, so we were all kind of on the same page as far as that. We definitely are today. That's great. I feel like I've heard people say they've either gone because of family or friends encourage them or that that kind of encouragement actually keeps them from not going because there's this pressure or, mm -hmm. this, or, or this expectation 
of amounting to something or having, you know, being, you know, coming out good or whatever, quote unquote. So like it it can go either way, like with that sort of support, whether even if the intentions are good, I think the effect can sometimes have the opposite um, effect when, when. Well, it can be, it can almost make you, uh, you know, and, and different people are, are like this, but you can just be, like the family at Thanksgiving dinner, like the, everybody's talking, it's like Charlie's in therapy. You know what I mean? It's right. it's like there is that like he has an issue because he's in therapy. So therefore, I have no issues. This person. So so sometimes people mm-hmm. that go to therapy, they do believe that they're being viewed as the person with issues. And. That is probably somewhat paranoid, but it's somewhat true. People yeah. for sure think that it's not all just in in the person's head yeah. right well and that's what we were kind of talking about the other day was that you know the these people who are in these positions of power whether it be a counselor or a psychiatrist or psychologist you know or a they or a parent you know yeah. they're able to you know put these labels on you and once the labels on you but you know the labels also off of anyone else so if there's no label on you by you know just by the process of getting help i have now become labeled as crazy or you know he, he's bananas he's right. nuts right mm-hmm. uh, i just really want to say bananas that somebody <laughs> somebody said that to me the other day he's like this is bananas and i'm like that that's one i'll let I that like one that. slide yeah just yeah. call everything bananas <laughs> yeah I, I like that as well but yeah you know how about you, Adam? What was your experience like? Well, it was it was very much like um, you know it the same as Michael's. I had to go to rehab. It was re- it was um, recommended to me that I go, uh, and this is when I got you know I was in my mid twenties. It was recommended I go to therapy, um, but I you know I come from a pretty privileged background, and my I knew people um, you know who had gone to therapy before, and they had recommendations, and they said you need to go. This guy, he's really great, uh, and so I went to him. And for me, it was you know so much of what I do, I I go on personal recommendations. So, you know, like if some like if I want to get my car fixed, I always, you know, ask around who's who's your mechanic. So this um, this guy was recommended to me and I went and I went for about six months and it was good. It was helpful. Um, but, you know, that that was that was all it was. You know, it was like this is this is the person you need to go to because, if you know, and cost is not a factor for me. So. I'm going to pay a bu- right. bunch of money. And then down the road, when I went back to therapy, like eight years later, something like that, um, it was a, it was me just going through my insurance and using my insurance's website. And it, w- it was as simple as that. It's like, I need to go back to therapy. How do I find a therapist? Well, I'm not going to go to someone who doesn't accept my insurance. So I need to find who my insurance recommends. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that you both started almost, and correct me if I'm wrong, like at your lowest point, like you were kind of not jacked into it, but you, you were sort of like at a point where you really needed to go um, because you didn't want to go further. And I think people have a misperception around this as well as like, you can only go to therapy if you're, you end up in the hospital. Yeah. No. Right. And it's like, I think it just like anything else, um, 
you can go to therapy as a preventative. Measure. Yes, I was just going to say that. Absolutely. That maybe you do have some underlying um, things that you want to address and maybe you don't even realize it until you start going. Right. And then it's like, if you don't go, it kind of manifests in like addictive behaviors or poor relationships sure. yeah. or, or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember I lived, uh, this is one of the times that I was living on the East coast. I was, uh, uh, dating this woman and I started going to therapy and it was covered by, it was like covered by state like type insurance benefits and stuff like that. And I went and it was actually really good. It was in Connecticut. And then as a result of that, she had never been to therapy at all and didn't see the benefit in it until she saw that I was getting a benefit from it. And then, you know, she took advantage of it. So I know in some states that it is you don't have to have a ton of money to get uh, good therapy because that was I saw a, a very good therapist there and she actually recommended me to another therapist. But my point is somebody saw me do it and they said, oh, I'm going to try it. So I think mm -hmm. that's uh, that's another opening for people to to see that uh it works and and yeah like you said a preventative measure maybe she didn't have a real like acute problem at the time but recognized that there were some issues uh from her past that were creating current circumstances yeah and, yeah and you so don't have to have something super traumatic to happen to you to go to therapy you can go because it's just a honestly it's a great way to explore yourself more even if you have you know you're the perfect person with no issues or anything like that like you can still go and just learn more about yourself and ask questions and grow um and i i think slowly there's i mean the stigma around therapy is slowly starting it's starting to change a bit i think mm -hmm. people are a little bit more open about it but i think what comes next after that is couples therapy. I think mm -hmm. that has a huge stigma in terms of like, if you go, it means your relationship yeah. is over. Or mm -hmm. if you go, mm -hmm. that means you're having horrible issues or right. you know, the real problem here. And I think it's just like therapy. It's like, well, why wouldn't you want to improve your relationship if you can mm -hmm. and have the ability to? Um, That's interesting. You say that. Yeah. Just like, go ahead though. I got, but yeah. No, I was just yeah. going to just wrap that up by saying, I think that is the next phase that we should try and tackle is the stigma around, you know, couples therapy and family therapy and things like that. Cause it, it's, it's similar. Like you don't have to have a crazy triggering event to yes. go. You can just go to improve. That's so great. What you said though, about, people go like into couples therapy and it's like, Oh, we're going to couples therapy. Like things are on the way out. You know, they're, they're, they're right. in shambles, bananas, whatever. Um, <laughs> things are in shambles. So we go to therapy. So nobody ever thinks like, for instance, my first thought wasn't, Oh, I'm in a pretty healthy relationship with someone. Let's go to therapy to enhance it. Yeah. You don't think I don't think about it that way. That's not my go-to no. thought. To right. let's, it's it's I have a problem. I am bad. I am I have issues. But which is I have we have issues, but I mean there's a negative like 
I'm going in there because of something bad. And it doesn't have to always be like that. And so I think that's a great point because you just saying that was like, wow, I could really reframe this <laughs> whole this whole idea because that's the thing. Most families do not talk about dynamic, do not talk mm -hmm. about their roles that they play in the in the family, you know, with each other. And, you know, everything starts with awareness. So 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 many families are not if they don't go to therapy, you know, I can go to therapy and say, oh, this person is the mascot or this person is the playing this role. Right. But but uh, if you're not aware of it, you don't even know if stuff is, is going on. So it would benefit even a, a family that seemed to be doing fine and was doing fine and is doing fine, it would just bring a heightened level of awareness and would bring people closer together, uh, depending on the uh, therapist that was facilitating it. Well, yeah, it is that, that problem solution framework that, you know, is all around what we, you know, when it comes, whether we're talking about mental health or addiction, you know, it's it's always a problem solution thing. I I mean, when we talk about the the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, they say talk about the solution, right? When you why am I going to a therapist? Because I have realized there is a problem. You know what it, what is the marketing for any drug that you can think of? Is it are you having this problem? This problem? This problem? This problem? Right. You know, X is the solution. Y is the solution. So, you know, it's, and I mean, that's just a broader problem within society. I mean, we, yeah. because we live in a consumer society, everything is presented, presented as a solution to some problem, you know, no matter what the problem is. It, it's rare, even when it's the case that it's about enhancing, there's still that underlying, you know, subliminal, subliminal idea that there is something wrong with you. Yeah, it will en enhance your your hair's natural color. Well, that means your natural color really was dull, is what we're implying, right? So it's it's the same thing when it comes to therapy, and which which you know really makes it so that therapy can't. You know, there's all these potential benefits that it could do. I mean, even the idea of therapy. You know, what do we do when we have therapy for our bodies we do it because something's wrong with our bodies right we you know we have physical therapy you don't have physical therapy if your legs work fine you know so you know it's in so it's even that word therapy you know is implies that there is a problem you know just like we were talking about on our our language when we we're talking about the language around this stuff like you know there's no getting away from this this framework that we have and so which means that like you were saying people who benefit severely from this who don't have quote-unquote problems uh, are going to avoid it for that exact reason you know we're not fighting no one's throwing things into the walls the kids aren't you know screaming at each other why should we go to well it's like it's like what you were saying too it's like nobody nobody says i'm going to the therapist to uh stay mentally and emotionally fit like i'm going <laughs> yeah. to the gym yeah, you know, it, it is it is that that word therapy, too, that people have uh, an idea of of what it is and, and what that means, because, yeah, I was just thinking like, oh, I'm like therapy being like the gym for your emotions, you know, to maintain, you know, a healthy diet, a healthy. Yeah. But like we talked about last time, you know, a broken bone is not people don't see it as the same as mental yeah. health. stuff. But you are also talking about another thing. 
It was also starting to open Pandora's box again. <laughs> That's what you like to do. Because the the problem solution thing is uh is based on uh making money. Yeah. You know, so so that even even people with good intentions, we still live within that framework that how do you how do how do you make a product have value? Well you you create the belief, right, that you need it. You know, you need a Coca-Cola. You need, mm-hmm. you know, all that. And so even though therapy doesn't, a, a great therapist or anything won't have uh, that intention, that's just the the framework that we kind of live in, you know, and that's kind of just mm-hmm. like in the blood of our our society. So... I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's it, how do you get away from that? Because they have to get paid. You know, these people have to eat, you know, um, and just as much as anybody else, you know, how much they need to eat. That's another question. But, you know, it's like, you know, they we're kind of stuck. There's no re, like a reframing of it almost would require that you, you know, take out the, the pay issue completely, you know, and and that's what happens, I think, with a lot of these people is they don't make good money and they're in it to to be of service, especially when they're doing it for free or nonprofits or whatever, doing it for state run facilities and stuff like that. And those people get burned out bad and they get burned out fast. And, you know, they're like, why am I putting myself through this and not even paid well for it? So it's like, you know, this is a larger societal, you know, slash governmental problem that, you know, I don't know that we're going to fix in a podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what I would also point out is how important it is to know that going into therapy, it's just as much you putting in the work as the therapist mm-hmm. putting in the work. You know, it's not like you go to a therapy section and leave fixed. It's right. and that problem solution, you know, dynamic. It's an ongoing process and it's not linear it's up and down mm-hmm. it goes sideways sometimes yeah. um and you can't expect the therapist to do all the work for you you have right. to do the exercises that use your toolbox mm-hmm. whatever it is right and put them into practice outside of therapy for it to really work and if you do that um over time and practice and go to the mental gym so to speak like you're not eventually you're not going to have to go to therapy every single week maybe you'll go once a month and their goal for you is to for you not to have to come as frequently that's what they yeah, want a good therapist yeah. right a yeah. great right. therapist that's that's actually trying to help which there are tons of yeah you know well and that and that's why it's so hard i think to to choose a good therapist because it's like okay what you know there i'm seeming to get help but then they're saying don't come as much as that is that a good therapist or a bad therapist you know maybe they're maybe they're like i got this other guy coming three times three four times a week i need to you know scooch some room out for him in my schedule this guy seems like all right kind of push him out the door a little sooner than maybe he's ready to push out and it's like there's no way for us to know this because we're not the therapist you know we are not we don't know what their caseloads are like we don't know what their burnout level is we don't know you know what their mental health looks like um and so it can be it's such a you know ephemeral thing trying to so hard to put your finger on it um you know i think if you're 
I think that's why choosing a good therapist requires you to to be open to trying multiple therapists. You have, I yeah. think, you have to be open to that. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. because if you just go to one therapist, you have one data point. You have no idea, yeah. you know, what the what another therapist could be offering. You're not getting. So for listeners who may maybe haven't gone to therapy or have only seen a therapist or two, what would you say in your own words makes a good therapist? Like, how does someone know when they found a good therapist for them? Well, I, I mean, I think first they, they need to be someone who actually does listen. Sounds a little silly to say that because you would—that's like their entire job. But you really will find therapists who are not going to listen to you, or who are going to—you know—they'll talk over you. They're—they're they're rushed. You know, um, I've—I've I've had doctors before where you know I was in. This is a little—you know—side note, but where I was in the room and they were like looking at their watch and literally tapping their their foot while they were talking to me. And I'm like, okay, if someone is you know trying to rush yeah. me out the door. Um, or is very obviously not paying attention to me, that's a bad therapist. Whether whether they could actually offer something or not or know what they're talking about or have the degrees on the wall, that's kind of irrelevant because I'm not getting what I need, which is I'm paying you however much money an hour, it's probably hundreds of dollars an hour, to, you know, when my insurance kicks in, it, to listen to me and help me. So, you know, if you're not doing that, I understand you got problems going on at home, man. We get a different job. So it needs to be someone who's paying attention. It needs to be someone who's, um, you know, focused on your problems and who's not, who pushes gently, I think. They need, I think it's one thing to have someone who just listens the whole time, but you want someone who is going to push you in the right direction, but in a gentle way so that they don't push you too hard. You know, because some of this stuff is really hard. Like I've done therapy for OCD and basically all they have for it, there are some medications now, but especially when I was getting therapy for it, it was just, um, I can't remember the name for it, but do the things you hate doing. The the things you really don't want to do, we're going to make you do it. It's like a, a version therapy or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, so they would be like, okay, so you have OCD, you hate feeling dirty. Yes, I do. Like, okay, don't take a shower for two days. That's disgusting, you know, but, but, you know, that's what, that's what they asked me to do. You know, I'll try this and hate every second of it. Um, but you know, but they didn't, when I came back and said, you know, if they said do it for three days, I said, I could only go two. you know, they, they didn't like flip out on me, you know, or anything like that. They're like, okay, well maybe next time we'll try, try three days. At least have some odorant on during this time. But, um, you know, I think you need someone who is willing to give you a push um, from at the right time. And I think that's just something that they probably um, develop as an instinct time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have patience, pushes you gently, mm-hmm. um, listening, you know, active listening. Yeah. Um, what else do you think would be something that you look for in a good therapist? Well, it's a case by case basis. Um, <laughs> I I uh, I like a, a therapist that he's very open or she's very open about. They're not afraid to offend me. Maybe mm-hmm. right out, right, maybe right out the the uh, right out the gate. Um, 
they talk about something that might be uh, you wouldn't want to talk about in a crowded room. Yeah. Right. And and they come out like so that's for me personally, like. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like they may mm-hmm. talk about some story that has some very dark events that have that mm-hmm. occur in it. And I don't know. I just like I like to know that. I'm not going to have to, uh, what you might call it. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, like myself or, you, you know what I'm saying, Adam, right? You could yeah. say it better than I can. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like you, you feel like you can tell them the deep, dark, dirty stuff because they're, you know, they're like not going to, because you can, you can feel that way. Like I'm going to offend or this therapist, or I'm going to, you know, what I'm going to say is so horrible that they're going to be like, what is wrong with you, <laughs> you know, and judge me. Um, you know, so I, I think you're right about that. I think it is, it, it can be on a case by case basis. Sometimes it's just, it's really hard to tell. And I think, you know, I'll share this story too. Uh, sometimes therapists are just profoundly wrong and, you know, just like profoundly, profoundly wrong. And there's no way to really know it. Um, because, and you just have to kind of go on your instincts. So when I was like, um, I don't know. I was like eight or nine years old or something like that. Uh, my, I was fighting with my brothers a lot. So my parents, um, didn't know what to do. So they took us to therapy and, you know, my parents are attorneys. They're both smart people. They didn't, but you know, they've never been to therapy. They didn't know what to expect. And so I sit in this room with my dad and the therapist and the therapist just stares at me, doesn't say a word. And so I start getting really uncomfortable. So I'm like, okay. And I'm like looking at the floor and looking away. And the, I don't think the therapist ever asked me a single thing the whole time. Like, wow. may, like maybe there was like one question or something like that. And then I leave and uh, my parents, we get home and my mom is like crying. And then she says, the therapist thinks that you would throw your brother out of a window and kill him. That you, you would be violent. And I am wow. like the most cowardly person that me. I am so afraid of violence. It's not even funny. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was like, what? You know, I'm nine years old. So I'm like, what the hell? And, yeah. you know, we wow. stopped going. Thankfully, my parents, you know, were smart and they're like, okay, we're not going back to that thing. Um, <laughs> right, right. And I, I don't think we ever went back again. And of course, I never threw my brother out a fucking window. So, you know, I mean, that's the thing. Sometimes you really do have to be, you can't just say because this person is a therapist and they have this, they're coming from this place of power that they necessarily know what they're doing or what they're talking about or are going to give you good advice. You have to apply your own powers of reasoning, thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, just like you would with a, you know, with a psychiatrist who says, you need to be on five different medications. You might say, well, okay, I'm going to get a second opinion for I don't right. know if I want to go on five different medications right. all of a sudden, you know? And and I think psychiatrists are, are more under this, uh, I'm an authority, you know, kind, yeah. of, kind of guys, more than therapists. I mean, I would in, agree. In my opinion. I mean, unless um, you are court ordered to see a therapist, you've done, yeah. you have anger management, you've committed some violent crime, you're, uh, you know, on parole or something like that, then it may be more like, this person is, I can get in trouble, Yeah, you know, right. uh, uh, in the course of, of having this relationship. Right. But I think it's with doctors, the more you see that, um, 
that kind of authoritarian mm-hmm. uh, thing happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is something that, you know, this might apply more to people like Michael and I than other people, but you have to find someone you're willing to be honest with, mm-hmm. um, you know, because like you said, Mike, there, there have been times where I have absolutely lied my ass off to a therapist because I was required to be there. And they asked me questions. They were like, how much do you drink a day? And I was like, yeah. Oh God, what is a normal answer? Uh, <laughs> is it eight? <laughs> eight yeah. beers a day and they're like oof, 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 right oh, yeah oh shit that was not the right answer. oh yeah yeah you you don't tell them the 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 truth if you feel like you have to uh you have to go for some reason it's right. always some but, some idea but i've also found myself like um not telling the truth because i was embarrassed of the truth you know sure. like, you know like i don't want to admit to anyone, even in this safe place, even to this person I'm paying money to see uh-huh. that I am doing X, Y, or Z, or I'm having X, Y, Z thoughts, or whatever the case is. Yeah, right. That's a good, that's a good, a good point. Right. Um, I, I think in the same way, you know, you might be afraid to open up. Um, and that, that comes with time, too. You have to build a trust mm-hmm. and a relationship with the therapist. You're not going to go in and like fix everything in you know, two sessions. But, um, I, something that I've learned over the years and it took me some time because I feel like it also, as you're growing, if you start going to therapy as a kid and now you're an adult, you're a different person, your preferences are different. But, um, I've, I've had to learn to advocate for myself in therapy, what I want out of it. Sometimes mm, good, yeah. might be assuming like that things are going well because you're not bringing anything up. So mm-hmm. like, let's say you've been focusing on just one topic for a long time mm-hmm. and they keep asking mm-hmm. about it because it seems like something you want to talk about, mm-hmm. but you bring up to the therapist, hey, I would love to set aside some time to discuss this other topic. You're not going to know. So you have to kind of build up your own preferences of what you're looking for and what you're looking to get out of the sessions as well. And generally, from my experiences, a good therapist will hear you and mm-hmm. you know respect your where you're coming from and work with you to find whatever it is, restructuring your sessions or focusing Mm -hmm. on one topic one week, another the next week, you know, like figuring out what is the best approach for you. And then also framing what maybe you feel are issues or problems or whatever. Mm -hmm. And instead reframing them to be goals. Like what is your goal and what do you want to strive towards? Not Mm -hmm. try a race, you know, Mm -hmm. because you can't change certain things you can't change the past you can't change how you look necessarily and Mm -hmm. like you're um so i think having a goal structure in the past i i I saw goals as being like kind of lame like oh like this is like a dumb tool like an exercise you just have to like write down so that they can see that i'm improving Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. But I do think having a, it structured as like I'm working towards something, not oh like it's like I'm good or bad or right. this thing doesn't exist anymore because you're always going to have it, it, it's learning like the right coping tools or right ways to approach something that maybe you approached differently before, um, and all of that like changes as you get older and your situation changes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then one final thing I wanted to say on top of advocating for yourself, mm. I think it's important too to know when it's time to leave a therapist. Yeah. Um, it's hard because you're afraid that maybe you did something wrong or it's not working. But like you said, it's really important that you kind of, it's like anything you want a second opinion or you want, um, I wouldn't suggest, you know, going to see multiple therapists at the same time because that can be very intense and confusing. And I've been mm-hmm. told, you know, not to do that, but I, <laughs> I mean, unless, you know, unless it's like a different kind of therapist for something else. But mm-hmm. right. um, yeah, I mean, it's really important to realize like this isn't for me. This isn't working for me. And to not like lose hope right away. Yeah. And it's great what you said um, about, yeah, the self-advocating thing. And also that you just have to be involved in it because that's the thing, you know, back to the gym analogy, you say, I'm going to get a personal trainer. And you go to the gym, right? And you're like, I'm not losing weight. I'm not gaining any muscles. He's not doing a good job. She's not doing a good job. Yeah, you mean, we hear it all the time in Alcoholics Anonymous or anything yeah. like that. 12, I should just say 12-step fellowship. Sure. But you see it all the time. You know, AA didn't work for me. Oh, I <laughs> tried. I tried AA. Yeah. And it didn't work for me. Yeah. And that. And and what we all know what that means if you're around the recovery community that means you went to you went to meetings you didn't do what was suggested yeah at, in the meetings you just kind of were around it and you expected you to get it by osmosis or something yeah. and yeah. and it's the same thing with with therapy and there is that that attitude and that this doesn't just have to do with therapy but there's a lot of people who have the attitude of Oh, this didn't work for me. It didn't, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. Because like in our society, we're so used to, uh, I just pay for it. And, you know, we're we're so comforted. Yeah. You know, I can stay on my phone, have food delivered to me, have whatever. So, so we kind of expect the same experience. Yeah, we I expect think. an immediate solution. Yeah. Gratification of like, yeah. well, if it doesn't work right away, then it's useless. Yeah. Yeah. And right. Yeah. It didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we are an instant gratification society. And, you know, I think that's, I think it's especially hard for addicts in recovery to just because we are very much, I will change the way I feel like that. You know, I have a bag of Coke and it's going to change the way I feel. And, you know, that, but you go to a therapist and you have to put in time and you have to put in, you have to emotion, you get emotionally draining. You have to work outside of it, pay for it. Jesus Christ, just give but, me some more coke. But that's when that's when the thing, like the goals and stuff mm-hmm. with the therapist, that's when those things are important because yep. we have to have some type of of gauge for uh, what you know. We need to celebrate. I I have to work on this celebrating small victories. Yeah. You know, so that. That can give you, yeah, we're not going to get it like a line of cocaine or whatever. You know, we're right. not going to get it like that instant uh, thing. But then we have these these goals, these very tangible things. Because because some therapists, you'll go in there and there's, and if you don't advocate for yourself and come up with some type of plan with them, then it's just, this is your time, you know, yeah. do what you want with it. Uh, when I know for me, 
I need goals. I need little wins. I need to, I need practical experience or, or, you know, practical suggestions. I don't need general, just lofty, like ideas that, that somebody is telling me that's a therapist. I need in this situation, specifically this situation, why don't you try this? Why don't you journal about that at yeah. this time every night when you get off, you know, come up with this plan to where you can say, uh, this is the progress and, and okay, I can't go outside of my apartment cause I freak out. Okay. Right. So you set up little goals for the next six months and see if you're getting closer to, I can leave my apartment. Right. But that, that requires be advocating for yourself and being mm -hmm. very involved. And I think maybe a good therapist will kind of try to move you in that direction. If you, if right. you are not aware that that's what you need to do, I think a good therapist will say, you know, what we need to, what would be good is if we do come up with some plans and, and these little goals, these one step at a time thing mm -hmm. to address uh, the issues. But I mean, you got to get it. If you don't know what the issue is and you just yeah. know that you need help, then that takes time. You know, you right. don't know what it is. You just know that you don't feel good. You're depressed. You're unhappy. You're angry all the time. Then you have to go in and take some time to figure it out. So there's a lot of uh, going through, you know, and yeah. and seeing what's what's going on with yourself. And it's very likely, you know, like you you like you just said, um, it's usually people who go to therapy because something happens. Like let's say it's a breakup, and they start going because they think, oh, I just need help getting over this breakup. It's mm -hmm. usually a lot more than that. It's usually like that is just the start. You're just scratching the surface of understanding how you process emotions, how mm -hmm. you handle day-to-day -day life. Um, so while like, you know, something like a breakup or losing your job or whatever might be the the catalyst for you going, you know, mm -hmm. expect to stay longer if you can, because it's not like as soon as you get over that, you'll mm -hmm. be fine. Um, it, it does take time and you learn a lot more about yourself. And um, I think the people who are resistant to going, maybe there's like that fear still or this idea that maybe there's nothing wrong with them mm -hmm. um, or nothing obvious enough. But I have to say, like, I think literally everybody should go if they can and it can afford it. That. And I hope one day we can get to a place where everyone has access to it. Yeah. Um, I think the access has changed a lot in terms of like there's now websites and apps that people can mm -hmm. use and subscriptions people can pay for. There's sliding scales. Um you know, so even if you're not making tons of money, there is a way to access someone that might be able to help you. Um, well, and something, you know, another way of accessing uh, therapy that a lot of people come across, and I got a funny story to go along with it, is um, through school, you know, because schools, you know, high school, they have, you know, they have counselors. Some It depends on where you are, right? They'll have, mm -hmm. account, they may or may not have a counselor. Um, sometimes it's the case that, um, you know, you have, um, you know, the nurse is the one who's kind of acting counselor, but you're still, you know, in effect getting some counseling. But especially in 
you're in college, you know, you almost always are going to have free access to counsel um, that you can get anytime as part of your tuition, you know, just like they have the, you know, they have clinics there for people who, you know, you want to go in and get, um, you know, any sort of, um, you know, your health stuff taken care of. They have clinics for people who, you know, need to see a therapist. And I have a very good friend of mine who he took a lot, like heavy advantage of this to the point where he went, he started seeing this therapist and usually therapists in schools, they're just seeing people for crisis. And that's what I think a lot of people, you know, they get, they see a therapist because there's been some crisis. And Mm -hmm. he was, he understood he's in his, almost in his fifties and he uh, understood the value of therapy. So he just was like, I have this resource. I'm going to take advantage of it. And he only went to school for one semester, but kept going back to see this guy for like a year or two years without being in school. And the guy was just like, yeah, just keep coming. I don't care that you're not in school anymore. I will give you free therapy. So you, you really take advantage of that because you know, th- those school resources are a lot better than a lot of people are aware of, um, yeah, I, you know, and right. you know, if you're going to be paying for school, you might as well take it. Something else on top of that, because I, I did the same thing, you know, and I was in college, I would go to therapy <laughs> there, but something I just recently learned this, like this year, um, is that some places, and I don't know how you can find out about this, but I think if you just do a ton of research on different like therapy groups that mm-hmm. might be in your area, um, sometimes what they do is they bring in interns who are working, like mm-hmm. doing grad, post-grad work or, mm-hmm. you know, getting their hours in and they tend to be a lot cheaper. Um, yeah. So if, even if you're like not fully committed, you don't know what you want yet. You're just kind of looking around yeah. and you don't want to spend a lot of money. That's a really great way. And from my experiences, um, I've ha- I had an intern once and she was great. I mean, I think it's a learning experience for them because mm-hmm. they are trying to, you know, hone their craft and you can right. give feedback in a way that's like so different from someone who's been like in the field for years and years. Right. So um, I think just it's another tip if you're looking for something cheaper and maybe um, faster access because they are, you know, there to learn and to put their time in. Mm-hmm. Um, look for maybe like interns who who could help you. Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I do I do that for, um, you know, for massages and haircuts. You go see the people who are training on money. Yeah. Right, right. And it's helpful for them, too. So you're both yep. getting something out of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Good stuff. To get more mental health and addiction content, check out our blog at adamfout.com. And while you're there, take a look at the store where we sell mental health and addiction merchandise. Thanks for listening. You're the reason we do this.